Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. Uh, it is an honor and a privilege always and ever a chance to get a chance to share God's word and what he puts on my heart with you. As Pastor John said, we're continuing our series, Chasing Carrots. We are in chapter four, which is the final chapter of Philippians. Somebody say amen. amen. Then we're, Pastor John's going to close it out and then we're heading into Easter. Let's go. The Easter series coming up. If you all just do me a favor, just stand with me as we read God's word this morning. Um, I'm going to be reading from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. I know uh, nine verses can be uh, scary because it's super long, but please just hang in there with me, focus in with me, because this is some really good stuff. And I believe that if we open our, 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 our hearts, our ears, and our minds, that God will change our lives today through his word. So chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with, okay, bear with me, because these names, they be something else. All right. You, Odiah, and I plead with Santike. Uh, We're going to go with Santike. And if that's wrong, I'll see you in heaven. All right. So to be, a, to, be the same, to be the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Likewise, you may have a seat. I'm going to pray, Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We welcome you here. Lord God, I pray, Lord Heavenly Father, that you open our hearts, open our ears. Lord God, may we receive what you have for us today. I pray, Lord God, that any distraction that we may have, Lord God, that you will just take it away right now, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will be ready to receive what you have and be able to apply it to our lives. Lord God, I pray any word that comes out of my mouth, Lord God, that it be from you, and your spirit, and not for me, Lord God. Pray that you just bless us and bless this service today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so chasing carrots. Chasing carrots. I think we have to go back to the very beginning and understand what chasing carrots is. What does chasing carrots mean? Well, when we talk about chasing carrots, it actually refers to back in the day when everybody uh, rode in horse and buggy and didn't have to worry about gas prices. Amen? Like, so what they would do is they would t- take a carrot and, and put it on a, um, on a long stick and a rope, and they would hang it in front of the horse's mouth, and the horse would follow it wherever it went. And they would put it just, you know, just, just, just in front of it, you know, right, just so he couldn't get his lips on it, just enough. And then that would keep the horse 
enticed enough to walk and to move and carry whatever was behind it, right? For some of us, we may need a little more of a modern-day illustration. And it reminded me of a commercial, actually one of my favorite commercials of all time. And in fact, take a moment to check out the screen and watch this commercial. <gasps> Hello, beautiful. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, Anthony. How much did my discount double-check save me? About 150 Done. I don't have State Farm, but insurance, find me money. I got you a dollar. Oh, you almost had it. You gotta be quicker than that. Having insurance isn't the same as having State Farm. There to help you with unexpected savings. That's getting to a better state. One of my favorite commercials of all time. Okay? It still sticks with me to this day. And let me tell you, it works. It works. You put this dollar in front of a youth student, they'll go anywhere you want them to go. I promise. Look, see, you still look. You want it all? I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> I just kidding. You were too slow. All right. Sorry. But it's, it's one of those things like chasing dollars, chasing carrots. It's the same thing. It's whatever it is. It's trying to gain satisfaction, right? That or fill a void by chasing something that's unobtainable or inadequate to fill that hole. Let me say that again. When you're, when you're chasing carrots or chasing the dollar, you're trying to fill a void or trying to find satisfaction by chasing something that is unobtainable or inadequate to fill the need. Something that you may not ever even get, something that you may not, that, that you even if you get it, it may not satisfy. One of the voids and one of the things that I feel that us as a society have continuously chased for forever is the word peace. We've been trying to find peace. We've been trying to find peace. And we've been chasing carrots and chasing dollars and chasing things, trying to just get a little bit of peace. I think about Tom Petty, Prince, Amy Winehouse, Heath Ledger, Mac Miller, Juice World, Lil Peep, Elvis Presley, and Marilyn Monroe. All lives gone too soon, trying to find a little peace and not able to obtain it. All of us are trying to find, I think all of us are really, if we're truly honest with ourselves, want to find peace. We want to try to find peace within ourselves, but so many, so many of us have chased different carrots to fill that need. We all want peace, but we all have different ways of getting it. Some of us do drugs. Some of us rely on comfort food. Amen? Hey, look, man. Look, when I'm stressed out, ain't nothing like some fried chicken. I'll tell you what. Okay, the Lord is in some, some Chick-fil-A. All right, some rely on comfort food. Some drink alcohol. Some go shopping. Some use people. Some people use work. Some people chase dollars. Some people believe that the only way to, to peace is through war. And that some people believe that the only way to peace is to be passive. But the thing is, all of these are just carrots, they're just dollars on a string that we're just chasing after, and we're trying to get, and it will never fill the void, we'll never be able to obtain it, they're just, they're never there to fulfill, it never lasts, and it never satisfies. All these different carrots. And the thing is, the more that we chase carrots, the more anxiety-ridden we become. Because, you see, chasing carrots is truly nothing more than us trying to be in control of our own lives. We have a whole, we have a need, we have a need for peace, and we're trying to chase carrots to fulfill that need instead of relying on God. 
We are trying to take control of it, do it ourselves, handle it ourselves, and we become even more and more anxiety-ridden. It's interesting how America, we talk about how America has so much more than every other country, but yet we're so much more medicated than every other country. I wonder why. It's because we have so much stuff that we can chase. There's so many carrots out there that we can go after to try to find peace within our lives. So many different things that we can try to fill, fill our lives with other than God. I do want to make a disclaimer, okay? I do want to make a disclaimer. I do understand that there are different, there's, medical, there's a medical side to this sometimes where the synapses don't send and receive messages correctly and all that. But everything that we're about to speak about today does apply to that too. But we are talking about a lot of things that we bring on ourselves that we surround ourselves with in this world. A lot of things that we bring to ourselves. And the thing is, like I said, the more we chase these carrots, the more anxiety we become. The more you try to control, the more you realize you can't. And the more you realize that you can't, the more you realize you aren't stable. And when you realize you aren't stable, suddenly you find yourself in the middle of a full-blown full panic. You know, a great litmus test to whether or not you have peace or if you've been chasing carrots is a simple combination of the unknown with a tiny bit of chaos. You mix the unknown with a tiny bit of chaos. Example, go back with me all the way back to the year 2020. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Like, a lot of us are like, no, I don't want to go back. <laughs> go back with me to the year 2020. There's this, this virus that is overseas. We're not sure what's going to happen with it. We're not sure what it is, where it came from, and all that stuff. And what's the first thing we do? We buy all the toilet paper. All the toilet paper. We buy it all. We don't even, the first thing to go is not even antibacterial soap. <laughs> toilet paper is the first thing to go. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget walking into Food Lion thinking, you know, I should probably just pick some up. Everybody else is, right? Why well, we should pick some up? And I go walk down the aisle, and it is barren. Like, there is absolutely no toilet paper there. I'm sitting there all of a sudden thinking, I'm going to have to start using newspaper. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And as I'm looking down this aisle, I see that there's another couple that's looking for antibacterial stuff. And they turn around, and they are wearing full-on gas masks. Like, this is the beginning, okay? So the full-on gas masks. Not only are they wearing full-on gas masks, but they each have four guns showing on themselves. I'm not against you, you carrying your gun, but eight seemed a little excessive for toilet paper. <laughs> I'm I mean, I could be wrong. But the food, going to the food line in Yorktown didn't seem like you needed eight guns. But I could be wrong. But I just remember, like, we, all of a sudden, that the pandemic started, and we freaked out. And it, it became a revealing thing. That we, the litmus test revealed that a lot of us didn't truly have peace, but we had been chasing carrots this entire time. And it actually ended up to where we chased more carrots to try to fill our peace. We were having... Uh, hand sanitizer delivered to our house. We were taking off all of our clothes outside, right, to make sure we didn't bring it in the house. Like, we suddenly realized that we didn't truly have peace. We were fulfilling it with carrots. Now, you take this, this, this example, right, of the unknown and the chaos, a little bit of chaos added in, and you bring it to the context of which Paul is writing. First of all, Paul is writing from prison, which is fun. Um, not. <laughs> not the greatest situation. But not only is Paul writing from prison, 
But the man in charge, the emperor's name is Nero. How many of you have heard of Nero? Yep, some hands. Nero. And here's the fun thing about Nero. Nero hates Christians. The only value that he sees in Christians is entertainment. And by entertainment, I don't mean stand-up comedy. I mean he wants to take you and throw you into a pit with a lion and watch you get shredded apart. That's his version of entertainment. He, think, he hates all Christians, wants to get rid of them all, and wants to make sure that they're all dead. So, yeah, I would say that's a little bit of um, the unknown mixed with chaos, right? If you're a Christian, you're having to have secret symbols, secret codes, secret meeting places. You don't know what's going to happen to you day to day. You don't know if you're going to get caught, locked up. You don't know if your meeting's going to get busted up. You don't know what's going to happen, and there's just pure chaos. And in the middle of this, craziness and chaos, we find where there are two Christians who are fighting over something. No way. Christians fighting? You mean Christians fighting in a time where they need to be more unified than ever? No. It's no way. It's funny how, like, how people don't change, right? The same thing has happened, continues to happen today, right? That's the great thing about the Bible. You think the Bible's irrelevant? Guess what? The Bible's full of people just like you and me who have the exact same feelings, the exact same experiences because people don't change. So if you want to find out a life lesson, crack open the book and you're going to find out a whole lot about yourself and about our society because people don't change. So we have here two Christians that are fighting again. No way. And I love Paul because, you know what, this doesn't trip Paul out. It doesn't freak him out. He doesn't begin to worry. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't you know, like start barking orders and yelling at him. But Paul unlocks this whole thing of peace for us, right? And he unlocks it with one, one word, one single word. And that word is therefore. Therefore. Now, look, when you're reading the Bible and you see the word therefore, the word therefore is there for a reason, Okay. Follow with me. The word therefore is there for a reason. It's a big red flag, blinking light saying, look at me. Okay? It's a word saying, hey, pay attention. So when we see the word therefore, in this particular instance, Paul is saying, hey, I need you to refer back to what I just wrote in chapter 3. So we have to go back to what Pastor Tiff preached about last week at the end of chapter 3. And it says this, Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says this. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Pause. Let me rewind. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that we, we will be like his, his glorious body. So what he's saying is, therefore, because, because we are citizens of heaven, we have the ability to find peace. We have the ability to choose something greater than carrots. We have the ability to conquer anxiety before it ever becomes a part of our lives. Because we are citizens of heaven. But how? I'm so glad you asked. This is why I paid you all to come. I'm just kidding. All right. And just for those of you who are like, I didn't get paid. I'm like, no, I didn't pay anybody. Okay. <laughs> so... Paul gives us the blueprint to peace. And if we want to get the blueprint to peace, we actually start at the very bottom of this section in verse 9. And we have to do this. We have to choose to retrain. Choose to retrain. Verse 9 says this. 
Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The word practice here is actually more like the word train. Okay, It's actually more like you need to start training. We have to teach and train our minds to think like a citizen of heaven. Many of us, we, most of us, actually all of us, have spent too much time walking around thinking like a citizen of earth because that's what we need to survive. But the reality is, is that now that we have been brought into the kingdom, we need to start thinking and training our minds to think like a citizen of heaven. Everybody with me? Not a citizen of earth, citizen of heaven. And the thing is, a lot of us have been doing this thing called trying. We have tried God's way to find peace, and it didn't work. There's a difference between trying and training. Listen to this. When we try something, we are actually just hoping to get lucky and receive the benefit without paying the price. Let me read that again. When we try something, we are actually we're just hoping to get lucky and receive the benefit without paying the price. To train is to commit to achieving something by developing skills, acquiring knowledge, and obtaining the required structures through sustained and intentional effort and practice. Meaning, you don't just do it once. You just don't find the key once. Try it out and hope that it sticks. No, you have to be intentional and try and practice, and it's sustainable. You keep going over and over and over again. When I thought about this, I thought about Pastor Dwayne. I had to give him a quick shout-out. When Pastor Dwayne, when he first started uh, working out with Pastor John and Carrie and them, uh, I remember he was very, uh, a little, bit, little bit anxious about it. Um, he, would, he started lifting, and he noticed, you know, he had, he'd have a little tension in his elbow, and he you know, started, like, kind of freaking out a little bit, like, like, I don't know if this is for me because I ain't trying to have my elbow, elbow blow out on me and all that stuff. But then there was a switch that flipped in Pastor Dwayne, and he decided to become intentional and start training. He got him some straps for his elbows. He started working out on the regular, doing this over a sustained period of time. And now, when he gets underneath 135 pounds to bench, he doesn't have anxiety about it anymore because he's trained. He's taken the time to develop himself. He's taken the time to not just try but to sustainably put in effort and acquire the knowledge and build up the skill to be able to lift weights. When you train for peace, you'll find peace. When you train for peace, you will find peace. So what are some areas in which we can train ourselves to be able to find and have peace? Number one, if you're taking notes, number one, choose to rejoice. Choose to rejoice. Verse four says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So not only was this so important that, that Paul put in here and said always, but he said, let me follow that back up and say, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. You know, it's always easy to rejoice when things are great, but it's not easy to rejoice always. It's easy to rejoice when things are going good in your life, but the moment you add a little bit of the unknown and chaos, it becomes a little bit harder to rejoice. Come back again with me to the great year of 20, the end of 2019, into 20, in the beginning of 2020. We had decided that, um, that my wife and I were going to focus strictly on 
on youth ministry here. And we decided that, that with that, though, came that I would go part-time and I need, had a, I need to get another job. Well, I, lined up, I had one lined up. It was just taking me a while to get into it and all that stuff. And, but so in the meantime, brother got bills to pay. Like, you know, so I decided to do what I had done previously, and that is deliver pizzas. I picked up a job at Pizza Hut. So I knew that I could pay my bills. I knew everything would be all right. Then we hear about this little pandemic showing up. We hear about the virus showing up, right? And like, okay, a little bit of freaky, like, you know, I'm going to go house to house. But you know what? It's probably still in China. We're good. <laughs> like, we're probably straight. And it gets a little worse. But then my wife decides to throw the P word at me. Pregnant. My wife decides to tell me that we're pregnant. Hold up, 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 hold up. I'm delivering pizza. There's a pandemic, and you're pregnant. Pizza, pandemic, and pregnant are not three words I wanted to hear together. I, up to this point, I have not really experienced any kind of real anxiety in my life, to be honest. I'm a pretty good, like, whatever, chill guy. We'll figure it out. God is good. You know, we'll figure it out. But the moment she threw the three Ps at me, pizza, pandemic, and pregnant, I started, I'm not going to lie, I started to get a little anxious because we didn't know what this virus did to pregnant women. We didn't know what this did to, to babies who weren't born. We didn't know what kind of effect it would have on our child later on. Like, all of that stuff was beginning to go in my mind. I'm going door to door and handing out pizzas because people, people still love pizza in a pandemic. Like, Business was booming, okay? Like, people loved their pizza, especially when their stimulus checks came out, right? Like, I was getting tips. Like, like, you don't understand. Like, I was making money, right? So I had to rejoice. I had to choose to rejoice. My bills were being paid. My bills were being paid. My wife was healthy. I, I remained healthy. My child remained healthy. I had to choose to rejoice. I could have let anxiety and fear overthrow me. I could have started chasing carrots and trying to figure out different ways to make money and different ways to figure things out. But instead, we chose to trust in God and chose to rejoice in the fact that we knew that he had our backs. We chose to rejoice in the fact that we were healthy. We chose to rejoice in the fact that our bills were paid, that God had made a way. We chose to rejoice. Remember, there could always be something worse. And if you don't believe me, go to Google and type in something worse, and you will find it. Okay? Don't come back at me and tell me what you find. Okay? That was just impromptu. All right? So you will find something worse. So number one, choose to rejoice. Number two, choose to represent. Choose to represent. Verse 5 says this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. To be honest, when I read this, I thought this was very interesting and strange. I was like, what an odd thing to say, right? Like, super weird, super random, right in the middle of everything. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. But you know what I realized? Gentleness is just simply your calm Christian composure in the face of persecution. Your gentleness is just simply your calm Christian composure in the face of persecution. When things are going crazy and they're chaotic, how do you represent God? How do you respond? Do you respond like how you see Pastor John and Carrie on Sunday? Or do you respond how you're getting off of 64 at the Jefferson exit when people won't let you off? 
Amen. Yes, amen. Look, hey, I'm a work in progress too. I understand. Trust me, when you try to get off that, off that exit and nobody lets you over, it makes you want to get out of the car. <laughs> right? So, like, like, I understand. But in the midst of that thing, of those things and the chaos and the thing that's happening, are we letting our true Christian composure come out? Are we representing Jesus? Now, then it says that the Lord is near. And most of your scholars believe that this is a reference to the second coming of Christ or meeting Christ after death, which they're probably right. I'm not going to say they're wrong. But when I read this, the Holy Spirit hit me so hard, hit me so hard with Psalms chapter 34, verse 18, that says this, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I read it kind of, when I read it and saw this scripture, I read it kind of like this. Therefore, back to that word, therefore, since you are a citizen of heaven, it is time to represent because our God is near to the brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. So be strong and act like you have the creator of the universe on your side. That's the CSV, the Christian sign-in version, just so you know. Act like you have the creator of the universe on your side. Some of us just honestly need to get our swagger back. Some of us just need to be reminded that you have the creator of the universe on your side, and it's okay to walk like that. Some of us need to remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Some of us need to be reminded that you are more than a conqueror. Some of you need to be reminded that when God is for you, who and what can be against you? Nothing in this world that happens can be greater than God. It can defeat God and his plan. So everything that happens is happening to his, according to his plan and his righteousness. So we have to understand that we have God on our side and he needs to walk like it. I'm not saying that you get extra prideful and you think that you're better than everybody else because you got Jesus. But you need to be out here and not to worry about being afraid. Because you need to understand and you know, when people see you, you might be the only Jesus they ever see. And when they see you, and if you're just anxiety-ridden and falling over yourself and you don't know what to do, you know what they see? They see that your God isn't good enough. They see that our God isn't good enough. And, if our, and they say if their, God, if their God isn't good enough for them, he certainly ain't good enough to handle me. So it's time to get our swagger back. Okay? It's a walk in it. Number one was what? Choose to rejoice. Number two, choose to represent. And number three, choose to request. Choose to request. Verse number six and seven says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I understand this. Being anxious for nothing does not mean just turn off the anxiety function in your brain. I understand that like it's a humanly function. I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. Therefore, you're going to find this a whole lot. Therefore, since we are citizens of heaven, we have the ability to do what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and capture every thought and make it submit to God. Because we are citizens of heaven, we have that ability. Now, it says prayer and petition. Prayer and petition. Now, prayer is simple. That's prayer is simply just talking to God, right? Communicating with God. 
But it says, and petition, which means it's okay to bug him. It's okay to be a bother a little bit. It's okay to be like, hey, God, just a reminder. There's a pandemic happening. <laughs> just a reminder, I got bills to pay. Just a reminder, I'm having faith in you. Like, it's okay. And honestly, it's our human nature. Because let me tell you, there is no one on this planet better at petitioning than my son. He's 16 months old and can't talk, but he can petition. When he wants up, he ah! Actually, for, I'm, I'm giving him discounting. First, he comes up real quiet and hugs. And you're like, oh, hey, buddy. And then he's ah! Then he just keeps on going. And if you don't pick him up, then he grabs things. Anything he can and starts pulling himself up. Because he's going to get what he needs and what he wants. He is going to petition me until he, I finally give him an answer. It's okay to go after God and get, try to get that answer. Be a little annoying. You petition it up. But here's the thing. Couple that petition with thankfulness. It says, and with thankfulness. You see, the thing is, thankfulness always coincides with peace. Thankfulness always coincides with peace. Because, see, when you begin to remember what God has already done for you, it's a little easier to let go of things and to get into his hands. When you begin to be thankful about what he's going to do, it gets even easier to submit it to his hands and let him have it. It's easier to petition and say, God, I, but I know you got it. It's okay. That peace begins to, to overtake you and guard your mind and guard your heart from getting bitter because you have now no longer need of control. You've submitted it to God. You're thankful for it, even if he says no, because you know that God is good and God is who God is, and he is always faithful no matter what. So you, have, you have, been, have now have the ability to let it go, and that all of a sudden, peace begins to guard your mind from bitterness. So number one was what? Choose to? Then choose to? Choose to? Request. Excellent. And finally, I want you to choose to rethink. Choose to rethink. Verse 8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let me sum this whole thing up for you. Whatever you choose to focus on, you will find, and you'll find it in abundance. Whatever you choose to focus on, you will find it in abundance. I'm a youth pastor. I love participation. So we're going to all participate real quick. I want everybody to take out their thumb. If you got a thumb, take it out. If you don't, find something else. Okay? I apologize for, for being insensitive to those without thumbs. Okay? But if you have a thumb, I want you to take it out. And I want you to take that thumb, and I want you to focus on it right on the back of that fingernail and put your thumb right over top of me. Point it at me, look at the back of your, your thumb, right on that finger, now focus. Now, if you focus hard enough, you shouldn't be able to see me. It doesn't matter how beautiful I am. It doesn't matter how right I am, how true I am, how pure I am. You won't be able to see me because you are focused on the littlest thing. You can put your thumbs down in Jesus' name. But a small example, but big meaning, right? 
that in our lives, there, it doesn't matter how much purity is around us, doesn't matter how much good is around us, doesn't matter how big our God is, how great he is, but if we choose to focus on the negative things that are around us, that's all you're going to get. If you choose to focus on the things that give you anxiety, that's all you're going to get. If you choose to focus on God, guess what you're going to get? God. If you choose to focus on what's beautiful, guess what you're going to get? What's beautiful. If you choose to focus on what's pure, guess what you're going to get? Pure. Now, again, like I said, I'm a youth pastor. I love sermon illustrations. So bear with me. I got two blenders here. I don't know if you can see, but it's got water in them. That water, these blenders and the water represent us, right? You came to church. Pastor John preached a great sermon. He was, we were in the sermon series, this is why we do it. And you got saved for the 17th time that week? <laughs> I mean, I'm just being real. <laughs> you got saved for the 17th time that week. And, uh, but, and you leave service, you're feeling good, right? And you went and took your nap. You went and took your nap. But then that's when the choice, praise God for the nap. And that, but that's when the choice, then all of a sudden the choices begin. The choices begin. You get on your phone and you're looking at your social media and you find something like this burrito from last night from Taco Bell. And you find these different negative posts. And the thing is, they're a lot like this burrito because they're layered and you don't know if you're getting real meat or not. <laughs> but funny, but true. How much fake information are we consuming that's giving us anxiety? I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to try to fact check something I saw, I saw about Ukraine, and I find out that, like, it happened, that what video I watched was from seven years ago, right? Like, how much stuff are we filling our minds and, and our bodies and anxiety with that's layered in all kinds of junk, and we don't even know if it's real when we get down to the core? <coughs> Then, yo, Monday hits, and we all need some coffee on Monday. Get a little creamer in there. But the thing is, there's a whole bunch of gossip around the water cooler this morning, around the coffee machine this morning. Like, hey, did y'all hear about the company? Y'all hear it's going under, right? All of our jobs, gone. Good company going bankrupt. They're getting bought out, I'm telling you. A little bit more anxiety begins to creep in. And then Lord knows you hear your office best friend. That, that office spouse, spilling some tea. <laughs> spilling some tea. And you know we got to get every drop. Spilling the tea. Even no matter how much anxiety it brings us, bring it on that tea. And then you get a little bit of free time. And you just happen to enjoy, the, you know, a conspiracy, right? Or two or seven. Thanks, Biden. And something starts to smell a little fishy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Starts to smell a little fishy. Thank you for whoever put this wipe up here, because last service I was struggling. <laughs> last service I was struggling. And we take that stuff. But here's the thing. Like, it sounds ridiculous, but then we begin to blend. We repeat the process, right? There we go. We repeat the process, and it just begins to blend up in our souls every day over and over and over and over again. Man, that smells horrible. <laughs> but that's just one choice, right? We have a second choice. 
on Sunday after Pastor John preaches about this is why we do it. We got saved again for the 17th time. And, but this time we decide to make some different choices after our nap. Well, I got here. I got some, some mango, some pineapple, some strawberries, right? It's nice and sweet, right? Because we've chosen, we've chosen to follow Jesus. But now we're deciding to do life together and join in a life group. Now we're deciding to get in the game and serve other people. And life is so much better and sweeter when you do it with other people, right? Then we decide, you know what? I need to throw some spinach in here because you know what? I want to decide. I need to leave a legacy and I need to get free with my green. <laughs> See what I did there, Pastor John? I need to start tithing. I need to start giving it up, leaving a legacy for so that others can follow Jesus. But you know what? Even more than that, I need to get some protein. I need to start spending some one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus because that's where the real protein is. That's where the real meat is. It's when I take the time to not just come to church and consume, but I come to, to build and train. I come to lift myself up. I come to eat meat and not just drink milk, right? I come, I come and I start building myself up, building up my own stuff, and I start blending this up in my soul every day. I start building this up every day within myself. Now, I must ask you, and it's not fully blended, but which one would you choose? Which one would you choose? The physical answer is easy. Of course it's the healthy smoothie that doesn't have the five-layer burrito and whatever the heck sardines I put in here. Of course I'm going to choose this one. But how many of us day-to-day -day choose spiritually this one? We choose the junk. We choose to, throw, to consume nothing but stuff that fills our life with anxiety, the negative social media, the negative conversations, all the spilt tea. We choose this, and we choose to blend it up within ourselves every single day of our lives, and we wonder why we're anxious. Because we have chosen not to focus on what is pure, what is beautiful, what is righteous, what is meaningful, what is pure. We've chosen the junk. <coughs> We've chosen the junk. Jarvis, you can, you can make your way up. <coughs> the thing is, this is what it comes down to, is that our lives, when it comes to peace, it's super practical. It's super practical. It comes down to what choices are you going to make? What are you going to train your mind to do? Are you going to train it to rejoice? Are you going to train it to rejoice? Or are you going to choose to wallow in self-pity and get stuck in a, in a pit full of mud that of your own doing? Are we going to choose to request? Because so many of us are chasing carrots and trying to do it on our own. Are you going to choose to go to God and say, God, I need you? God, I need your help. Are you going to choose to bug him today? Are you going to choose to rethink? Are you going to choose to put different things into your mind, into your soul? Are you going to continue to just throw in garbage that brings on anxiety, that when you're done with it in an hour, you're going to need more because you're hungry for something? It doesn't satisfy. And frankly, when you know after you drink it, you know it makes you sick. It's all about choices. But see, the thing is, if you have chosen Jesus, if you have chosen Jesus, remember, 
Therefore, you are a citizen of heaven. So you have the power to choose. You have the power to forgo chasing carrots. You have the power to choose to retrain your mind. You have the power to choose to rejoice. You have the power to choose to represent. You have the power to choose to request. You have the power to choose to rethink. And then you have the power to choose to retrain again because it's a process. We're not perfect. You're not going to get it perfect every time. But that's why we train. And we retrain. When you fall off the horse, you got to get back on it and train again. You fall, it's just like a diet. You fall off the diet, get back on. Get back on. Trust me, I'm in that process now. Time to retrain. Time to retrain. And when you are a citizen of heaven, you have the ability to choose peace. You have the ability to choose peace. Now you may be here and you haven't accepted Jesus into your life. Or maybe you've, you've tried Jesus, but you haven't trained with him. Maybe you've tried to find peace through Jesus, but you haven't trained in it. You know what? All you have to do, though, to become a citizen of heaven, you say you're not a citizen of heaven, all you got to do is say yes to Jesus. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. Lifehouse, will you stand with me as I close this morning? It's that simple. It's that easy. I know it sounds crazy. But when you choose Jesus, you ought, thank you, worship team, y'all are awesome. When you choose Jesus, you become a citizen of heaven. When you become a citizen of heaven, you have the ability to train and do these things. And the thing is, I need you to understand that Jesus has chosen you a long time ago. Jesus wants you to have peace. He doesn't want you to have anxiety. If he, if he didn't want you to have peace, it wouldn't be in his book. If he didn't want you to have peace, he wouldn't have sent me here today. He wouldn't have brought you here today for this particular sermon. He doesn't do things by accident. He wants you to have peace. And he's been chasing after you. He's been saying, I want you to have it. All you have to do is say yes. Say yes. Take my hand and train with me and walk with me. So today, I just encourage you, if you've never said yes to Jesus and you're not a citizen of heaven, today is the day. Make today the day. If you're tired of living in it with anxiety, you're tired of not knowing what to do or where to go, Jesus is saying, here I am today, take my hand. Let's walk through this together. If that, that's you today, all you have to do is say yes. And I want you, on the count of three, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to say yes. One, Jesus wants you to have peace. Jesus wants you to have peace. Two, he's reaching out for you. He's been looking for you this whole time. When I say three, say yes. One, two, three. Praise God. Now I want to talk to another group of people, and I'll get back to you in a second. But maybe you are a citizen of heaven, and you've said yes to Jesus, but you've been chasing carrots. 
Maybe today you, you realize that you've been chasing carrots and had no idea this entire time you were chasing something that wouldn't satisfy, wouldn't fulfill. And today you're saying, I'm tired of chasing. I'm tired of having anxiety. I'm ready to retrain. I'm ready to put in the work. I'm ready to apply God's word to my life. If that's you today, when on the count of three, I want you to say yes. One, two, three. I want to do something. If you said yes to Jesus today, I want you to join in. I want you to follow, repeat after me in a prayer. And Lifehouse, I want you to join in with me, with them. Because what we're going to do as a family is basically just take their hand and put it into Jesus' hand. And we're going to do that as a family today. That's all we're going to do. So when you're repeating after me, you're just helping take their hand and put it in Jesus'. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm anxiety-ridden. But I admit that you are a Savior. I admit that you are God. And I give over control to you. I let go of my anxiety, my sin, my life, my soul, my decisions, and I hand them over to you. Make me new. Help me to retrain, to think like a citizen of heaven. Fill me today. Heal my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give it up for those who said yes today? If you said yes this morning, I want you to understand this. There is a party going on in heaven for you. Scripture tells us that every time someone accepts Jesus to their lives, there is a party that happens in heaven, welcoming another brother or sister into the family. And for those of you today who said yes, and those of you who said, said yes to Jesus, and those of you who said yes to wanting peace and chasing carrots, we have prayer teams down, down here at the bottom of the stairs. And I want you, I want you to come down and get prayer. Because here's, here's the deal. A lot of us want to keep our stuff private. We're like, it should be just me and Jesus, right? But remember what I said earlier. Life is a whole lot sweeter when you do it together. When you have somebody praying for you and with you and it help, can help give you direction on the next step, right? So a lot of times, I know, we all just want to be private and this is just me, but I'm telling you, it, it, there is a whole lot of difference when you go down to somebody else and say, pray for me. Pray for me. When you get rid of the pride and you just humble yourself down and say, pray for me. Life becomes a whole lot sweeter. So we're about to go into a time of reflection. And if that is you today, if you say yes to Jesus, or if you say yes that you want peace and you're done chasing carrots, come down to the altar. Oh, offer. Oh, Lord Jesus, the altar over here in the front. Come down to the front and get prayer. I want to pray for you, and then we'll go into worship. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord God, we thank you that we can retrain. We can become citizens of heaven and retrain our minds, 
Lord God, we train our souls, Lord God, and we can choose to have peace, Lord God. Thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord God. Thank you for guarding our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Lord, I pray, Lord God, that those who chose you today, that they'll come forward, and those, Lord God, who chose to stop chasing carrots, Lord God, that they will find someone to pray with them today and lift them up today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot LifeHouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about LifeHouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.